I have Tim Constantine from the Washington Times, and I'm joined by Dave Bozell for America. Dave, how are you? Donald Trump, he was the nominee in 2016 for the Republican Party. He was the nominee in 2020 for the Republican Party. And if you look at the polls right now, he is far and away the leader for the GOP nomination in 2024. Will he be the nominee though? He's got 6,000 indictments against him ranging from topics of trying to steal an election all the way down to dealing with a porn star. It's crazy what he is facing outside of the election cycle, and yet he continues to dominate in poll after poll after poll. Today, Dave and I will talk about Donald Trump, about the alternatives to Donald Trump for the party, and see who has the best chance. Dave, why is it that even with all the charges against him, Donald Trump's numbers just keep going higher? Well, a, a good chunk of his support doesn't believe the charges uh, and doesn't believe the media narrative about the charges, uh, doesn't believe that he did anything, did anything wrong. Um, and, and they appreciate him fighting tooth and nail. Uh, they appreciate you know, him showing up to a New York court unnecessarily every morning, fighting a, a, a bogus charge, as, as Trump has framed it. Uh, they appreciate him going on the attack against the Georgia prosecutor, the, the federal prosecutor, Jack Smith, the judges in, in his cases, uh, they want to see fight. They want to see, they want to see vigor uh, out of their Republican Party representatives. So many of them don't provide any, any vigor. Uh, but Donald Trump does. We've seen that since the day he came down the escalator. And I think that explains why he continues to excel in the polls despite the drama surrounding him. I'm a big believer that there is not going to be an incremental catch-up to Donald Trump. You're not going to see him drop by a couple points and right. one of the other candidates move up. Nikki Haley appears to have momentum, may be too strong of a word, but she's upticking in the polls. Right. Does she have what it takes, again, assuming a Trump collapse? I wouldn't sleep on Nikki Haley. She's got a good base of support uh, amongst women. Um, she'll be attractive to a donor class that will just keep writing checks to her uh, as an alternative to Donald Trump. Uh, and because she can speak to issues that are different in a different way, in a more passionate way, that's attractive to you know the so-called never Trump voter. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about DeSantis earlier, one of the things I think he struggled with is that so much of his pitch is in the rearview mirror. Um, now some of Donald Trump's pitch is also in the rear rearview mirror because he keeps saying that he's the greatest president that ever lived. Uh, but so much of DeSantis is what he did in Florida surrounding COVID, and that's. That's it's good to remind people of, but people have moved on uh, from from COVID, and so uh, it, 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 he's stuck in, in sort of wet cement in that regard. But I think Nikki Haley is someone to watch as a potential alternative because she has a base of support among women. It's not my cup of tea. I don't like uh, you know the vagina monologues that she throws out there during the debates. I, it, it makes makes me cringe. I can't speak for you know the average guy out there, but it drives me nuts. I think it's wholly unnecessary. Um, and I think there's, there's, a, there's an attraction to Vivek, um, but you also think that you know, when push comes to shove, when this stuff gets serious, you know, he could end up being uh, like a, a Andrew, Andrew Yang of, of, of the primary cycle and not get over it. I think he has a great future on great. Fox News or CNN yeah. or somewhere talking about whoever the nominee is for the next 12 months, but I don't think it's gonna be him. Right. Uh, what about Tim Scott? Any opportunity there? No. He's got a great uh, message, but I don't see him getting any traction. I, uh, I don't see how I don't see where the the 
the skill set is to to get on television, to be uh, a, <laughs> you've got to be a little bombastic. All right, and I think Tim Scott is the last person that you would expect to be. Bombastic. Anybody else among them? Chris Christie polls pretty well in New Hampshire. Does that help him? No. Uh, it'll, it'll help. I mean, it was to help him a, a little, but he can't. There's, he can't get any traction in Nevada. He can't get any traction in South Carolina. Right. Um, uh, nor do I think he has the money to keep going. This discussion has been assuming Trump somehow falls. Right. And let's talk about Iowa because one scenario that I could foresee is Trump has great polling numbers. Trump has great name ID. Right. Trump has great dedication. But in Iowa, you don't simply show up and vote. At a caucus, you have to be organized. It takes a lot of staff on the ground. Right. You gotta, your people go in, they have to stay there. They can move around while they're there. They, if their candidate doesn't look like they're gonna fare well, right. they can move across the room and support a different candidate. But in order to effectively work in Iowa, you need to have people on the ground all over the state. Right. Trump doesn't. His poll numbers are very strong in Iowa, but he has no ground game there compared to some of the others. If Trump loses in Iowa, and remember in 2016, he came in third, mm -hmm. Ted Cruz won in Iowa. Right. But if Trump, everyone assumes he's gonna sweep the field, he's gonna win, is there a shock factor that shakes up the whole race if he loses in Iowa? The press will try to create a shock factor because the press wants a 50-50 race. Uh, they wanna cover the horse race. Uh, but but the smart voter uh, under, should understand there ought not there ought not be a shock factor. You should not be shocked by Tr Donald Trump losing in Iowa. You mentioned he lost in 2016 to Ted Cruz. Uh, Iowa has a kind of a, a kind of a poor recent history of pick of not picking the eventual winner. Uh, that was my next question. Does Iowa really matter? Because other than Obama shocking Hillary Clinton, right, and then her crying in New Hampshire and coming back, the, then really is there. Does it make any difference? I mean, With, I, go, I go through the list. George, George, go back to 1980, George Bush won Iowa. Right. And he wasn't the nominee, Rick Ronald Santorum Reagan was. won Iowa, was not the nominee. Yeah, and, and so does Iowa matter? Certainly not really in the, in the electoral college, de the delegate collection, because all that stuff gets ranked out. So, so okay, so Ted Cruz wins 30 delegates, Ted, you know, Donald Trump wins 28. Okay, you know, it's kind of a wash. Um, it just matters in the sense that the press will try to create this narrative that Donald Trump is not invincible, and 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 but Donald Trump has just this uncanny way of stiff arming all that stuff. Uh, he is, and that's what kind of makes him Teflon. If, if if he were to lose Iowa by a couple of points, by a couple of delegates, I wouldn't be surprised if he just dismissed Iowa and said, you know, Iowa you know, doesn't like Trump, <laughs> and then move on to the next one and sweep right. them all. Right. Let's move on to the general election. If Donald Trump is the nominee, yeah. Can he beat Joe Biden? I realize Joe Biden's a weak candidate, compromised candidate. I'm not sure Joe Biden will even end up being the candidate, but if he is, can Donald Trump beat Joe Biden in the general election? I think there's a couple of things that need to happen. Number one, the Republicans have to prosecute Joe Biden's poor economic record. I mean, Donald Trump will lead that charge, but the Republicans in Congress, uh, perhaps led by Speaker Johnson, uh, will, will, will take that on. They need to. Uh, there are people that are people there are people really hurting. Um, you can't buy a, a stick of butter for under $6 right now. There are people really hurting, and the Republicans need to make the case that that is all a result of Joe Biden's poor economic record. Uh, if they can do that, that's a leg up. Another thing I think that might need to happen for Donald Trump to pull this off, taking all election shenanigans and putting that off to the side for a second, 
uh, I think RFK Jr. needs to have a little bit of a strong showing. Third-party candidates uh, against the incumbent will, uh, have helped the challenger historically. Um, now, a lot of people think that maybe RFK Jr. helps Biden take some voters away from Trump. I tend to disagree, especially when RFK Jr. is out there talking about reparations uh, and, and gun control uh, ad nauseum. I think the pro-Trump voter that might be looking for an alternative uh, stays away from that, stays with Trump. Uh, the never-Trump voter that might be ashamed to vote for Biden again could you know, go in RFK's direction. Let me throw out a scenario that might have sounded far-fetched at one point. I don't think it's that far-fetched now. Joe Biden is 126 years old, and it's starting to show. Yep. Joe Biden is not sharp. He's not at the top of his game. His message was questionable anyway, but I think at this point, it's, it's, it's a pretty rough candidate. Right. I think behind the scenes, it's entirely possible that there is some movement to try to come up with an alternative. My scenario is Michelle Obama becomes the nominee at their convention next summer. No mention before that, because Michelle Obama will not be a great campaigner. But for 30 days after they announce her, she won't have to say a word. The media will fall all over right. themselves saying, oh, Michelle Obama is right. the savior. And then she'll only have about another 40 days after that that she has to maybe show up to one debate, right. do some glad handing. She gets the minority vote. She gets the women vote. Can Donald Trump beat Michelle Obama? Uh, well, I mean, the, the press will treat her like royalty. Uh, Maybe you said that she'll come to a debate. I don't know that that necessarily is true, Tim. I think I that mean, might be could, true. Why, she, why would she? She could say, I won't debate, debate a domestic terrorist. Well, and, and the and great the thing will, is, the press will say, oh, thank after you. Donald Trump refusing to participate in the Republican debates, exactly he right. has no qualm with it. Exactly he can't right. legitimately complain about exactly it. Exactly right. So I'm not so sure that you'll ever see the two of them on a debate stage. Uh, she would be a tough out. Uh, she really, really would. Um, it's, it, 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 the country tends to divide, vote for divided government. If you look historically, I mean, hence the, the Republican Party's problem right now. Uh, the country reflexively doesn't want government doing big things. That's why they choose divided government. So it will be a very, very close race, no matter who runs. We floated a couple different scenarios here. What if Trump fails? What if Trump somehow disappears? What if Trump is the nominee? Can he beat Biden? Can he beat Obama? Let's do your best prognostication roughly one year ahead of Election Day. What do you envision actually happening? I've said for a good six months now that I think Trump would win against a candidate not named Biden. Trump will never give up, ever. And I think that also explains his increased popularity. Uh, he'll, he'll just never quit on this, ever. And, and so he, I think he'll win. Uh, against a candidate not named Biden. His name, Dave Bozell, he is for America. I'm Tim Constantine from the Washington Times. Thank you.